Five years ago, two men came to a small, secluded spot in an abandoned district of Stageport. One, a stranger, had with him only the clothes on his back. The other, a local, only the urn he rested in. The two were not alone, however. A young woman who had taken it upon herself to protect this part of the town stumbled upon them and watched as the man in the urn was returned to the house he lived in so very long ago. To this day, the woman still doesn't know why, but she struck up a conversation with the stranger, and the two have been fast friends ever since. Welcome, everybody, to Sort of Symphonies. I'm your intro today, Nick. Not Cat. I am not Cat. I am Nick. Hi, Nick. That was Kirsten. Hi, Kirsten. You confu- I was confused. I was like, <laughs> what? what is happening? Look, Kirsten scares easy. You have to be real gentle with Kirsten or she gets spooked. I get thrown off my uh, my game pretty easily. Yeah. And the, the person who is helping throw Kirsten off her game over there is Kat. <laughs> Hi. I'm still the GM. Kat is still our GM. That is true. And and we have over, who is still our wonderful, lovely sound person, Kathleen. It's true. That's the thing that I do on this show. You also play game. I suppose I do also play the game. You do play the game. But I feel like I do spend more time doing sound thing than I'd spend playing the game. Mm. But I suppose that's just the nature of recorded media, huh? Yeah. So the beginning of this episode, then, I am going to be running a short scene for everybody. Because as we heard last time, Cobb has invited everybody to meet the captain. He has also, unbeknownst to him, invited everybody to come meet a specific someone who the Arch Knight has been trying to get a hold of, and so far has been, shall we say, unsuccessful. So after everybody got together, we opened with, I would imagine this is probably sometime morning, Cobb wearing his best duds or at least as best as he can fix the nice shirt that he was wearing before he got bit in the shoulder, and carrying a very fine bottle of rum. He has brought everybody to a small part, somewhat secluded, and definitely more than a little rundown of stage port. It's very obviously that people don't really come through here that much anymore. Many of the buildings are slowly being reclaimed by water in the ground. A lot of the places around here are more of a sump really, than a neighborhood anymore. But through some of the ruins, everybody comes to a rather unusual site, which is in one of the houses that has been almost entirely converted into a swamp at this point. There is a small headstone in the middle of this little swamp, and surrounding the headstone are a variety of very pretty white flowers with pink edges that nobody really recognizes. Cobb kind of brings everybody on over towards the headstone and on a small piece of land that is not actually, like, wet and soggy, he kneels down and takes his bandana off and says, Everybody, I'd like you to meet the captain. Hello, Captain. Penelope takes her her hat off. Uh, Chila probably stands at attention. That's... She's a crusader, after all. Yeah, Tissa looks around and takes her hat off, too. And Tissa does still have a hat. I always forget. That's a big floppy hat. Tissa's hat is the best piece of Tissa's costume. <laughs> uh, while everybody is, is meeting the captain, you hear somewhere behind you, you've certainly brought the, uh, the crowd today, big guy. And Cobb turns around, and there is a 
small, uh, still youngish woman wearing a probably sneaking outfit is the best way to put it. It has a fairly large mantle to it that goes up in a hood, and she is kind of waiting there. Sheila, of course, recognizes her immediately, but Cobb cuts cuts her off before he can say anything and, and greets her with a hearty, Hey, Munchkin, it's you! Yeah, I brought uh, I brought some of the new crew to come meet the captain. Hello! Penelope tries to hide the fact that she was uh, startled. She didn't notice Marilyn there uh, before Marilyn made herself known, and so she's trying to keep her surprise at bay. Yeah, the, the young woman kind of looks over everybody and says, Oh, you've got uh, quite the the new group. Oh, and you, Arch Knight. And she kind of, like, gives us a polite little bow. There you are. Here I am. There you are. Cobb kind of turns over. There who is? This is the kid's big sister. You're Marilyn? They said you were really mean. I don't... <laughs> and Marilyn just kind of shrugs and says... You got to work with uh, with a different crowd sometimes. Tissa kind of is standing in a way that her entire body plus the spear ends up being a big question mark. <laughs> Tilts her head and goes, so you know each other and you know each other. Yeah. And we know each other, but I don't think that we know you. Uh, no, I don't leave the city that much. I have uh, plenty to do here. What with it sounds like you've met the um, the others. I know you've met Lily for one. Uh, she has mentioned the group that big guy here is has been traveling with. Um, yeah, this one taught Lily half of what she knows and didn't teach Stephen shit. <laughs> she taught Stephen how to use a knife, but we don't know how well she taught Stephen how to use a knife. He's a non-combatant. <laughs> So poorly. It's not his his forte. That, that's yeah. that's okay. That's okay. But Marilyn kind of catches herself and says, "Oh, I'm sorry, not to interrupt anything. I guess this is Cobb's moment here to introduce everybody to the captain." And Cobb kind of perks up. Oh, yes, right, right, everybody here. And he uh, kneels back down again and gets out his bottle of rum and a couple of small glasses, and kind of looks around and sheepishly goes, "I." Unfortunately, I didn't bring glasses for everybody else. Do you? You're welcome to have some if you have something to pour it into. Uh, Penelope kind of pats down her pockets and surprisingly doesn't have a random container to put it in. Oh, well, wait, wait. Maybe, maybe this here. And she pulls out a bottle, but she doesn't know what was in it before. And it's kind of like, sort of like empty, but it had something that left it kind of gross. So she sort of just puts it back quietly. Now, if you have anything, let me know. And Cobb goes to take the captain's saber off of his belt, but he's stopped by Marilyn, who says, I get the feeling that I don't think he wants it back this time. And Cobb just kind of keeps his hand there for a moment and says, no, I suppose he wouldn't. Um, anyways, uh, I will start off. So uh, this last year's been... Quite the trip, sir. I've met the wonderful new crew that you see here, and he motions to Tissa and Penelope. We have a fourth who is keeping the ship for right now. He didn't want to come. I I insisted, but he... I think he said something along the lines of he wasn't ready for this sort of thing just yet. He's, uh, he's had a little bit of a rough time himself. But 
Uh, we've been getting along just fine. We've been helped out by, and he, he motions to the Arch Knight. We've helped them out, and they've been helping us in, uh, in general. I know you never really trusted them that much, but the Crusaders have been very nice to us. Oh, I should mention that the new crew so far is all rangers. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of strange to me too, but we just keep running into each other. I, I don't know how that always seems to work out, but it does. And he motions to Penelope. This is uh, Penelope Hunter, a fantastic rider and aerial acrobat. Her counterpart couldn't be here today, uh, mostly because she doesn't like these sort of indoors um, bothers her wings. And we have uh, Tissa, who is a uh, amazing naturalist and probably one of the best navigators I've ever met. So we're doing pretty good on the uh, on the crew part. And of course, Mr. Sot, our newest, he's learning. He's learning pretty quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, things have been going pretty good. And and he kind of turns. Would anyone like to introduce themselves? Mm. Penelope kind of sal- salutes in what her idea of what a salute would be. <laughs> and says, "Nice to meet you, Captain. It's been an uh, an honor to be with with your crew member Cobb. Uh, you you taught him lots, and uh, he uses it well." Tissa kind of leans forward just a little bit and says, the big guy respects you a lot, and I think he's probably told you this, um, but he's, he's helped out, and he's continued to help out, and we have all pulled together. And so I hope that that makes you feel happy until um, everyone else can join you someday. Sheila kind of gives a salute and doesn't say much. She's kind of got an innate respect for the dead uh, being a crusader. So she's kind of going to step back and let Cobb have this. Well, if introductions are over, come on, everybody, let's have a drink. Anyone who does have uh, a waiting cup or glass is poured a shot of rum. Sheila's got a flask, yeah. (laughs) uh, Cobb pounds it back and, you know, for the next five or ten minutes or so, just kind of has a sort of one-sided conversation with himself. But towards the end of it, he, he, he shuffles around and starts to put his bandana back on and says... Well, unfortunately, this year, I can't stay too long. Um, we were only in port for a couple of days, and we are kind of wearing our uh, wearing our welcome out. Um, but I'm glad that the new crew got to meet you, and, um, well, we're going to... We got a new ship. I almost forgot. <laughs> and he laughs to himself. You know, it's a great ship. Ugh. It's a little fancy. It's got a newfangled drive of some sort that makes it move without the wind. I know, I know. Look, I was the same way. But it's a good ship. And uh, I think I think it's going to do really well by us. And he kind of stands up and says, Well, thanks, everybody. 
Oh, um, yeah, Marilyn. Uh, weren't sh- you should uh, you should help them out. And he he kind of points at uh, the Arch Knight, and she just says, "Oh, okay. Um, great. Sure. The kids just helped me on this last hunt, mm. and I'm about to be down an infiltrator. Yeah, come on, Marilyn. Like, I'm sure they could really use you." And she kind of hems and haws for a moment and says, oh, okay, then why don't you give the order then? And Cobb just kind of says, huh? And Marilyn turns to Penelope and Tissa and says, make your captain give the order. <laughs> order? Order? Oh. I, I nah. think that means it. He says, I'm not going to do it if I don't hear it from you. Look. This dipshit's like my old CEO. So married to chain of command that no matter what happens to anybody anywhere in the chain of command, it stays the same in his head. And Cobb just kind of says, um... I'm sorry, dipshit is harsh, but... Well, mostly he's just kind of like looking at, at Penelope and Tissa. I, don't look at me. When someone says don't look at something, Tissa is unable to do anything but look at it. You and that big idiot are two of a kind. Do you know who the highest ranking surviving member of the Glacier Legion is? Is it you? It is not. Well, it is now. But according to the chain of command that was in place when the Glacier Legion fell, it's my old commander. You want to know why I'm an Arch Knight and he's a commander? Cobb says, I would like to know. Because I found the people who need me, and I can admit that they need me. I'm willing to move forward. He's not. You don't want to be like him, do you? Yeah, big guy. You don't want to be like him, do you? (laughs) Cobb kind of sighs then. All right, fine. As the captain of the Westbreaker, I am ordering you to help out the Arch Knight. And Marilyn's a, like, she kind of like holds her hand up and gives us a, a little bit of a like squinty look and says, eh, close enough, sure. You'll grow into it. She look kind of and she, nods and gives a little clap, just like, there it goes. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> she turns to Chila and says, I look forward to working with you in the future. Likewise. It's a shame my old navigator is going to leave. I think you two are acquainted, but well, I try and keep a I try and keep track of most people who come in here through town, uh, especially through this part of town. Although I have to admit, you're pretty easy to find, big guy. You could have asked for help with you know the whole. Eh, I'll let you do you. Cobb, uh, before leaving, says, "Oh, um." Yeah, I have something for you. Did you want them? And he reaches into a small pouch and produces a pair of topaz. And Marilyn takes a look at them and just kind of says, you know, I actually don't for once, but thank you. I guess things are looking up and Cobb puts them away. Well then, everybody, shall we return? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to meet you, Marilyn. And uh, pleasure to meet you, Captain. Penelope again kind of salutes the, the gravestone. Sheila 
crouches near the headstone and says quietly, sorry to wake you, and stands back up and heads out. All right, well, there's one last thing that I always do here after visiting the captain, and that's have a great night on the town. Come on, everybody. I think I'm starting to remember why I got so lost in Stageport. That's... Is it only the third? Yeah. Okay. Okay, yes. All right. How How old is Stageport? Centuries. Yeah, I was just about to say, didn't Stageport exist before the whole, like, mountains melted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I heard a little bit about it from what I remember, but I know my, my dad was always quite interested in the history of, of Stageport and, and the history before the Cataclysm. Perhaps there's some uh, rare finds here about uh, life before the Cataclysm or shortly after. or mm-hmm. Stageport was undamaged. Rare history, rare history books. Mm. I guess uh, a bookstore? And Penelope kind of like surprises herself that these words are coming out of her mouth. Cobb looks a little like sort of disappointed, but but kind of rolls him back and says, hey, you know what? If we if you want to go to the bookstore, let's go to the bookstore. <laughs> this this is new for me, too. <laughs> Books. But I couldn't very well tell them I'd been to Stageport without checking this out. Oh, 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 oh. Does that mean that you're sending a letter? Because I'd forgotten about letters, but I think you were supposed to letters. Now that you said something about letters... Oh, yes, yes, yes. I should, I should letters. I promised I would letter more. Or else my dad will ask why he taught me to write again. <laughs> so with the specter of your father's inevitable disappointment looming over your shoulder, you find your way to a bookshop. I'm gonna ask for, let's say, Sensitivity Survival Urban. Okay, to find the book? Yeah, what kind of, what kind of bookshop do you find? Um... I'm thinking something to the feel of, you know, the rare bookshop that we went to in Portland? Yeah. Something something kind of like that. Tell me what the dice Has, say. like, rare kind of historic texts. The dice. What do the dice tell you, Penelope? While Penelope is determining uh, what kind of bookshop, Cobb is going to make, actually, a discovery roll. Because he wants to find something, he wants to find something fun, too. What kind of discovery roll? He's going to make an uh, an adaptability roll. He's just kind of like going where Penelope is kind of dragging him, but it's the having fun day. So he wants to find something fun along the way, even if it's something really, you know, really weird. Something that he wouldn't normally be looking for. You're going to be drug on quite a, a loop because Penelope got no successes because she doesn't have survival urban and sensitivity is not her strong no, suit. it's not, is it? That's okay. It is not. (laughs) So what Cobb finds is actually a small shopping district that's located kind of half in and half out of the Undercity. You saw this area abandoned when you were fighting the Shadowman. But now that it's alive, there's kind of like there's traffic that leads up sunken streets out into daylight. People walk in both directions. And what Cobb sees is a haberdasher's. Ooh. A store full of ornate hats. Well, I've never really worn one, but you never know. It could look good on me. Tissa, like, sort of runs up to the shopping window, 
Look at how many people must have touched this one <laughs> when they were making it. It is richly embroidered. It is stitched with tiny beads. And it sports an enormous plume. The ostentatious sort that sways in the wind every time someone opens the door to the shop. Cobb is definitely going to be trying on hats. <laughs> yes. Describe to me a couple of the hats that Cobb tries on, and I would like to do a fashion montage with Tissa and Penelope. Like, describe some hats. How do we feel about the hats? Uh, Penelope's gonna gonna grab a deer hunter cap and pass it to Cobb and be like, "Try this on. Try this on." Oh, all right. And and he kind of like he he gets it situated up there. Um, how do I look? Do I look uh, outdoorsy, athletic? Sophisticated. Hmm. It it makes the whole you look very square. Hmm. Like like your whole face is kind of a square now. That's really interesting. And Cobb just kind of leans over to Penelope. Is that good or bad? Um good. Good, good. Yes. Alright, good, yes. Penelope grabs another one. Um, um, ooh, look at this. And she passes it. It's kinda of like the, the page boy cap. This would look nice as a casual evening out. And just because we've already discussed Penelope's hair situation, here's what I'm going to float. She sees a dark green beret. (gasps) Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God. She rushes over. Oh, this is beautiful. She touches it ever so carefully, runs her fingers over it, and then kind of like stops because then she's wondering like, wait, wait, maybe I'm not supposed to be touching things, but then continues to anyway because she can't help it. Well, at least one of us has found something interesting. (laughs) Cobb has at this point put on like a couple of really over-the-top hats and has kind of been getting some like some shaking heads from maybe some other folks. I don't know. Maybe Tissa... It just seems like she'd actually be a lot more open to any sorts of things, but I'm sure the the shop proprietor is either giving him a shake, no, as in no, that doesn't look good, or please stop that. <laughs> One now, of the two. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I get the impression that um, Tissa's not so much about good and bad as she is about interesting and not interesting. When it comes to stuff like this, absolutely. <laughs> if it comes to like a plant or something, it's almost universally really good. There's no disapproval. There's just like sort of orthogonal comments sometimes. That makes Tissa a probably actually a very good hat companion. Yeah. What's weird about that hat is that it's younger than you are, but that one's older than you are. That is interesting. Should I go with the younger one then? The newer model? And Cobb is kind of like holding the two hats at this point, like shuffling one and then the other and just kind of like, hmm. Um... Or maybe something more traditional, and he kind of holds up the older hat. Well, I don't know, because because none of us have any fur, and I don't know if that's important or not. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I like the younger one, too. <laughs> Tissa's now is looking at her own hat, and is like, the thing about this one is, is, is the texture on, on the brim. I like it, but also it's good for sun. Well, that is that is important. And at this point, Cobb is like kind of gives 
Tissa the sort of like the quick once over and says, Hey, um, I know you may not be one for hats, but um, your scarves are looking kind of toasty there. Yeah, there's all of these ones on on my shoulder here. Then you can see the new ones underneath them. So maybe, maybe more. There, there should be cloth here. I mean, all of this is this is all suede, and but maybe. Well, I'm I'm sure we can find a place that sells scarves as well, or at the very least, a good someone at the at a tailor's to make you one. And. So is anybody picking up a hat before we move on to the next shop? Oh, Penelope's already got her, picked out her hat and had it wrapped in a <laughs> box and everything. Very good. She she had it wrapped because she was like, oh, it's a gift. But it's actually not. <clears throat> it's just for her. Aww. Cobb is probably going to have tried on almost every hat in the store, but decided that uh, eh, hats just aren't for me. Maybe when we go to the scarves place, they have um, one that would work nice as a bandana. Maybe, maybe the hats would work better for you if they were swords, because you have three of them now. I think <laughs> I have been collecting them. It does seem just needs to wear one on his head. It's perfect. It's it's, it's perfect fashion. So the next shop is a tailor's full of. Elegant to the moment outfits, mostly women's clothes, but some very androgynous clothes. There are some of the mannequins are very large and muscular. It's a cool place. And they have a large selection of accessories, including but not limited to scarves. <laughs> All the scarves. I don't know why I beat around the bush for so long. It's a scarf store. There's other stuff here. (laughs) It's a scarf store. They're just all on a table like this. This season's fashion is old world dyeing techniques. Things like batik and other resist dyeing. So like old fashioned prints. Like very organic prints. Um, I believe we've established that it's winter. So we're looking at kind of uh, dark colors and jewel tones. So the way that Tissa shops is that she sort of tentatively looks at things and then looks at things from a different angle and then gets up on her tiptoes and looks at a different angle and then like sort of sort of like circularly approaches something and like starts feeling the texture of it like a cat with a new toy I was just thinking that <laughs> this is the cutest and no one is quite sure certainly including Tissa, whether any of these activities are related to each other or not. (laughs) But she ends up finding one kind of coarser knit and two sort of um, more tightly knit materials. What kind of fabrics are we talking about here we're dealing mostly with linens and silks. We're dealing mostly with okay. like soft, kind of tight. But mm-hmm. there are some woolen stay warm scarves. But even these are 60% appearances, 40% function. Like They're not as heavy duty as something you'd find at a like outdoors joint. But they do have some wool ones. And we all know very well that 
Tissa is wearing just a mishmash of everything. And I think that one of the things that maybe picks up that she's being tentative about is that, oh, oh, wow. A lot of work went into all of this. Yep. Old-fashioned resist dying. I have a question. Is whisper goat wool kind of like cashmere? Whisper wool is actually extremely difficult to cultivate because whisper goats are just bastards. (laughs) They're extremely difficult to domesticate. So it's not widely found in shops. So I think that Tissa kind of goes through this process of healing things and like passing them between her hands and trying to put them back in the correct place to like test their weight or something maybe. Who knows? And through some practice, she ends up with four separate things. One is about five feet long. Another one is pretty small, like kind of bandana-ish. Another one is a fairly wide-knit but very soft kind of thing that is either not dyed or has kind of like a a creamy, like raw linen-y kind of look to it. And another one that has a bright red embroidery around the outside and goes up to pay for them and is fumbling with... Actually, yeah, What should I make a finance roll? Yeah, you know what? Go for it. Okay, it's going to be adaptability. This is trying to get big deals. One edge success. One edge success. You've definitely got enough to be able to afford all of these. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have to be real careful in the net. Like, it's going to come close to the end of your budget. That's reasonable. Actually, there's one more thing. Is yeah. there, like, a changing room? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Tissa goes into the changing room, and she comes out, and you can't tell that she's wearing any of the new scarves. Unless <laughs> you make sensitivity rolls. <laughs> That's how Tissa do. That's our Tissa. Cobb kind of like does the quick like up down and then gives a thumbs up and says, you look great. All <laughs> <laughs> huh? oh, right. Um, so, uh, uh, oh, sorry, one second. <laughs> sorry about that. Uh, so, um, Penelope uh, spies the bookstore and walks in tentatively. She's not exactly quite sure where to look. She's actually going to make make a discovery roll as she goes into the bookstore. Okay. A sensitivity. A sensitivity roll. So you're looking to discover something wonderful. That sounds like our Penelope. Yeah. It's not a stat you have a lot of, but... One success. A success. Hooray. A success on something wonderful is going to find a large hardback book. It is entitled Memories of the Velt. It has virtually no text in it. It is a book of sketches and woodcuts of the scenic ruins of the Goat Home Velt. Ooh, this is gorgeous. There's a picture of goats grazing next to a fallen in tower. 
There's an image of a house, its sides shoved in like an egg and a flock of ravens gathered in its windows. There is a picture of a small cliff under which a pair of deer shelter. Whoever did these sketches is clearly very still and very quiet. Hmm. Does there is there any uh, name on the book or at the bottom of the sketches? There is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? <laughs> that of course there's a name on it. It's a name you can't read. Uh one success on understanding language looking at the name. Oh, they're from the east. Uh the name is Siru Craft. And yeah, that's an eastern name. I was going to say it was written by Eastman. Well, <laughs> That's <laughs> why I'm the GM. No, that- she's going to write the name down. She knows Stephen studied, so perhaps he's familiar with the name. I don't believe Penelope is. However, unfortunately, she must tear herself away from this book because she's looking more, uh, more for something about the history, and kind of glances around. And is there headers on the aisles? Or yeah, there's a history aisle. Okay, so she kind of makes her way down there and glances around and sees what catches her eye. Let's see. There's a book called Diaspora of the Interior. There's a book called Rogues of Stageport. Ooh. There's a book called Analyses on Changing Demographics in the Wake of the Cataclysm. That that sounds like something her father might find interesting. (laughs) And not so much Penelope's thing, but... Cobb is holding up and pointing at the Rogues of Stageport book and is probably being ignored. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah, because, like, the changing demographics, that means that this person had access to records pre-Cataclysm, which would probably be quite interesting to Gregory. So she's going to kind of take a look at that. Oh, uh, it's virtually impenetrable to you. (laughs) There's some maps. She's going to kind of skim the title page and be like, okay, it looks like something that would be interesting. Looks back at the annotations. Are there lots of references? So many references. Okay, good, good. That's how you know it's a it's a good book. <laughs> so you know it's a smart book. <laughs> it has references. Good. More footnotes equals more better. <laughs> okay. Wait, 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 wait. Just for us, are any of the references to a Walter Smith um, you know what? You know what? Yes. You know what? Yes. There's a chapter on kind of like pre-cataclysm demographics of the Velt and theories on settlement patterns in the interior prior to the cataclysm. And um, that's uh, Mr. Smith's primary field of study, if I remember right. That is correct. <laughs> what a weird name, says Kathleen. <laughs> what a weird name. That's a strange one. Very strange name. Is that even a real person? Probably a pen name. Could be. How expensive is this book? I'm going to say it's middle of the road. It's not like a big glossy hardback, but it's definitely not one of the like discount rack books either. It's a it's like a weighty academic tome. Oh, okay. So achievable. Achievable. She, she has she does have have enough to get it. Yep. So she's going to get it and ask for it to be wrapped. Because it is actually a gift. This one is actually a gift, yes. <laughs> As Penelope 
is looking through the books, Cobb suddenly kind of perks up and goes, oh, right, I forgot. Uh, I need to get something for the kids over at the orphanage, speaking of books. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't need to pick it up here. I know where it is, but I do have to go back and get it. Sounds like that's our next stop. Alrighty. Oh, wait, wait. One last thing before we head back there. Is there a post box near here? There's a postal service just off this. I think you guys pass one on the way back to wherever Cobb's taking you. Okay. There's a postal office, yeah. So she's going to drop off a letter to back home and uh, send that on its way. Oh. Give us just a taste of that. Give us just a taste of the letter home, please. Give us a sample platter of the taste letter from home, please. Hi, family. I hope things are going well. Things are going well for me. Got a little burned, but I'm okay. (laughs) Mostly just my hair. I got a new haircut now. There's a sketch of her haircut. Um, It's really quite fashionable. I'm learning about fashion in in the big city of Stageport. That's where I am and where I'm sending this from. Um, Oh, and I found a really cool book. Um, Well, I think it's cool. And... I will bring it next time I see you, but uh, this is it. And again, another quick sketch of the title and what the bo- how the book looks like. It looks pretty well researched, from what I can tell. <laughs> I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, I hope uh, you're settling in for winter okay. I'm going to miss all the apple butter and delicious preserves. Eat lots for me. I love you all. And uh, kids, be good. Be good, okay? I know I'm not there to to keep things orderly, so do your best. Penelope doesn't keep things orderly. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Kirsten. Thank you for that. (laughs) That was a wonderful Penelope letter. Thank you. That was very good. (laughs) Also, like, you do realize they send parcels, right? (laughs) Oh, Oh, and then when when the teller mentions that they send parcels, she has that sent along as well. And it's like, oh, wait, and, and... just a moment. She reopens back up the letter. P.S. Actually, the book is being sent. They send parcels, you know? <laughs> good. No, Very that good. is the Penelope letter. That's our Penelope. <laughs> That's our Penelope. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so Cobble wants to get books for the kids. Yes, the most important thing that you have to know about the men of the sea, is that we like to keep things in safe places, and Cobb kind of takes everybody to a... It's not buried treasure, but it might as well be. Um, It is a small lockbox somewhere in the, like, dock part of town. What? You had a book in there for the orphans? Well, he opens it up, and it's not so much a book. He's just like, this is... Well, this is the last of... What the captain taught me, and it is a bunch of the captain's old books. Ooh. Oh. Well, Ooh. sort of books. Some of them aren't books. Some of them are little, like, slats tied together with writing on them. Ooh. And he, he picks that one up and says, I, this one's probably going to be for the advanced ones, mostly because the captain said that this was where he was from. And I've never seen a book quite like this, and I'm going to be real, I don't really know how to read it that much either, but, and he holds up another book, this should help them. All right. And he grabs just a, like, a variety of 
basically like math textbooks or just math books, that kind of stuff. And a, a couple of more esoteric things. Like he, he kind of looks over a book just kind of marked dialectics and says, I don't know if the kids are really going to get into this one, but maybe, maybe Marilyn would like it. Tissa looks at the advanced book and is like, this, what, what even is this language? Yeah, he's just kind of like, well, maybe it'll take him a little bit to work their way up, but, and, and he does like sift out the, the, like the simple actual like math books and that kind of stuff. I think we can start with these. Okay. So the sun is beginning to go down. You guys have had a fruitful shopping adventure in a kitschy little side street just bordering the Undercity where the shadows are long no matter what time of day it is and there's always a shady bench to enjoy a treat on. And you make your way, the shortest way is through the Undercity. Through the smell of mold and seawater and dust to that weird little sunlit area covered in sketches of kitty cats. And up the stairs from here, there is, as you saw before, a gaggle of children. Most of them are running around. Some of them are climbing trees. Some of them are gathered around the figure of a young man who is reading to them from a book. And Cobb kind of waves and says, hey, hello. Oh, hey, Penelope and friends. Hello. Hey, we have something for you. Oh? I couldn't help but notice last time that your um, teaching materials are somewhat sparse. (laughs) We take what we can get. Good, great, wonderful. And Cobb just kind of dumps a huge pile of books directly at Stephen's feet. What? This one is math. This one is oh. history. This one is, uh, this one is navigation. I don't know if you'll need that one, but it's there. Um, these ones are for the older kids, uh, and these ones are for whenever you can figure them out. And again, he holds up like the dialectics book and other stuff. Are like they that. pirate books? Hey, are they pirate they are. books? They are. They <gasps> are. Pirate books. Pirate books. <laughs> no, they're probably not books about pirates. They're probably books about. Being a pirate, which, now that I say it, sounds pretty rad. Well, one of them is a journal, so... Pirates! One of them is about being a pirate. (gasps) I want to read the pirate book! I want to read the pirate book! Me, me, me! Wait, his journals are here, too? Yeah, I kept all of his books. Oh. But I've read them a lot. What does this one say? Which book are they holding up to Cobb? Are they holding up one of the (laughs) journals? Are they... I think one of the math books. I think they just grabbed the book. Yeah. Uh, this one is addition and subtraction, and yeah, that 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 one might be a little a little on the the boring side for everybody, but it's important. No, no, no. I think that all, it's definitely not just an addition problem. I think that it is a series of sums. Yeah. Stephen crouches. Look, kids. Look, 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 look. You need math, because math is the brute of money. <gasps> money. <laughs> like the children are all in hushed, awed tones. The money. <laughs> Stephen, teaching the youth the right lessons. <laughs> yeah. Teaching them pirate math. Pirates are the linear algebra teachers of the high seas. Absolutely. 
only pirates are the linear algebra teachers of the high seas. Except with more democracy. And as excited as the children were about these books, they immediately become very excited about the prospect of being pirates and run off to play pirate. Sounds about right. And, and Cobb just kind <laughs> of, like, says, you know, you, you should maybe watch that. Um, I was once one of those kind of kids who loved to play pirates, and now look at me. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I used to play pirates all the time. Now I'm a land pirate. I mean, I'm on sabbatical. Whatever. Yes. But... <laughs> No, thanks. No, obviously. Thanks. We don't, uh, we don't always get a lot of books around here. The kids are always real excited when we do. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, let me know if you ever really get into the those last couple, and he kind of points at the weird books that are made of, like, slats. Yeah. I never had the time to, to really look into those, but um, they're probably pretty interesting. They come from, and Cobb just kind of blanks for a second. A long way away. No, I, uh, Lil and I know a scholar. We'll, we'll take him up to her and see what she can figure out. Well, uh, give our best to Munchkin. And, um. Huh? Oh, right. She does have, it, Marilyn, Marilyn. Um, what? Sorry, what? <laughs> sorry. Sorry to cut you off. Big guy, sorry. What? Well, she may not appreciate you calling her that. But, um. <laughs> sorry, I just kind of. Habit. No, I'll tell Munchkin. <laughs> I'll uh, tell Munchkin. I'll tell. <laughs> I I have a feeling that if you if you call her that, it, <laughs> no, no, she'll I, kick I my don't ass. think she'll take it well. <laughs> no, she'll definitely kick me in the ass. <laughs> but but on the other hand, it might be worth it. <laughs> Marilyn does have a new job with the Albatross Legion, so hopefully you'll have more uh, more income. Oh, what they don't pay. That's why Lil and I keep ducking out to go treasure hunting. Well, then maybe she can make it work. She's always been good at that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And in here, she didn't want him, and he, he hands the two, like, gemstones to uh, huh. to Stephen. Don't tell her I gave these to you. I no. think they're very important to her. Just sell them. Oh, yeah. No. You don't need to tell me twice. These are pretty good ones, too. We kind of squints at through the through the light. Yeah. That's, uh, those aren't bad. No, thanks. But this is, um, so you're, you're kind of talking like you're leaving. Yeah, today's our last day at, uh, at port. We've, um, we got our stuff. We're, uh, we're back off north. Well, we got to take the other crusaders back home. Well, I mean. Do we leave at dawn? Is that kind of the usual pirate thing? I mean, come on by, uh, when you're done doing your job, I guess. And I mean. Not all of us can read, but I can, so if you write a letter, say, for the kids or something, then I can uh, read it to them. We definitely will send letters. I'm getting better at remembering to send letters. I just sent one today. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Uh, let me just... Wow, letters, oh, huh? I don't, I don't even... What address? How do... What is the addresses here? I don't even know. Oh, here, 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 here. And Stephen kind of grabs a piece of paper and... From his sketchbook and hurriedly writes an address on it. There, there. Now you can write letters to the to the kids. And oh, I can, thank you. I can read the letters to the kids. Oh, that's that'll be really special. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You guys want to 
stick around for dinner? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not much, but we. I get. I mean, do you guys have any other plans? I don't have any other plans. I think we've got time. Do you have room for one more? Yeah, yeah, we got tons. Awesome. Uh, and Cobb just kind of like claps his hand together and go. I'm gonna go get Mister Sot. I think he would really appreciate this. And you know, I think he does. And I think you guys have a lovely meal in the slums of Stageport. It's mostly fresh produce from a nearby rooftop garden. Everybody seems perfectly happy. Some would say for once. (laughs) And Cobb probably spends a lot of dinner dodging glares from Marilyn after he accidentally let Stephen know that her nickname is Munchkin. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. And he he busted that one out pretty much right away. Fucker's got no self-control. So, (laughs) that being said, I do believe it's memory time. Yay, memory time. I think my memory is... And I'm just gonna just gonna go out on a limb here and say it was totally Penelope's letter. That was really good. <laughs> good job, Kirsten. Uh, I loved that. <laughs> uh, thanks. I was like, she probably mostly writes like a stream of consciousness. <laughs> no, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> like a- absolutely. That's how she do. I'm learning to be fashionable in the city. I really like when Tissa came out of the dressing room and is like, you couldn't tell that she had the new scarves. Like just, that was it cute. was very Tissa. I liked it a lot. That was cute. And just her like cat-like demeanor in looking at the scarves as well. Yeah, I had a fun time hanging out. I enjoyed Chila bullying Cobb a little bit. <laughs> that was fun for me. <laughs> Cobb got to get bullied by both Sheila and Marilyn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you guys for playing with me. Thank you. This has been a cozy one. It has. This was a good bookend, shall we say, yeah. to uh, this chapter. Yeah. A good farewell to Stageport. I also got some great memories from listener Rhea. Ooh. Who ran a session of Heroic Chord today. Oh, it nice. apparently went very, very well. Woohoo! One of the players has apparently made a deal with an extremely rad noble demon that Rhea designed. That Excellent. I'm crazy about. So that's a great memory for me. I loved that. That's awesome. So if you have any heroic chord memories, please don't hesitate to tell me. You can do that using the email form on our website, peachgardengames.com. Or on Twitter at Peach Garden RPGs. Send me your memories. I need them to live. Now, now, now that she's gotten a couple, nothing is going like she has a taste for it now. So oh, I mean, yeah. you better you you better step up, listeners. There'll be no dealing with me now. Of course, <laughs> more memories, <laughs> listeners. Just see what kind of monster you can create together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone.